Church family, we are so excited to have you here with us in the house of the Lord today. We're going to kick off this Christmas season with a Christmas carol we all know. It may be a little different, but it's the same word. So here we go. God some praise this morning. We are so thankful that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Go ahead and high five your neighbor as you find your seat briefly. High five your neighbor. 
If you don't like being touched, give them a fist bump, you know, air five, one of those things. Y'all look good this morning. I'm so, so glad that you're here. And uh, we just want to say a special welcome to our first time guests, or maybe you've been here for a while. You haven't got connected yet. Don't the first, can we welcome our first time guests, those in the building and online? So glad y'all in the room. If you are, if you don't mind, uh, at your convenience, please either pulling out your cell phone and texting D1 text to 84576 or scanning the QR code on the screen or grabbing the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. We want you to fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having because we want to connect with you. And if you're a first time guest or we haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, please hold on to that connect card after service. You can drop it in one of our giving boxes as you exit. But as you exit today, please find our guest reception. It'll be on your left. Our pastors, pastors Mark and Michelle Benson, would love to meet you, some of our other leadership team. And we just want to welcome you to Dothan First, give you a gift for being with us. So Dothan First, can we welcome our guests one more time? And uh, on that Connect card, maybe you're in the room and you say, Pastor Will, I need to take my next steps. I want to get involved in the life of the church. There's a few things that you can do. You can sign up for baptism. We, we love celebrating those being raised to new life, child dedication, uh, sign up for Grow Track, finding out where you can serve in our, in our, our church. Or you can be a part of life groups. We always want to continue to encourage people to be a part of our life groups. And then... Uh, there's just so much that we want to know about. Maybe you want to tell us your story about how God has changed your life because of a ministry that we because of ministry that we've done here. So please utilize that. But we want to keep you updated with a lot of the things that we have going on. We we love uh, keeping our schedule full and having you be a part of it. But for those of you that have partnered with us in fostering hope, those of you that have brought gifts, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you. Give yourselves a round of applause for all the all of you that have partnered with us. If you did buy gifts or you got an ornament from uh, Fostering Hope, I want you to know that those gifts are due today. But if you, if maybe you forgot, it was Sunday morning, you were running late, uh, you can come bring them in tomorrow between 9 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. during our office hours. Please be a part of that because we want to continue to spread joy to these children during this season. We want them to know that they're loved and not forgotten, that they're not just a number, but they're a name. So please partner with us in doing that. We also want to keep you updated about our Christmas schedule. Uh, Pastor Mark will continue in our series, I Want Presents. Somebody say presents. Preaching a strategic set of messages that I need you to know that you need to invite somebody during this time because we want them to know the importance of the love of Jesus, that he came to save us all. So he's going to be sharing those messages. Please invite somebody. Also, December the 11th, we have our young adult service down in the FLC. It's the building on our property in the back. Please, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 or so, if you still feel like you're a young adult or you know some young adults, please invite them to be a part of that. Uh, we would love for them to be in the room. Also, there will be an ugly sweater contest, food and games, so you want to be a part of that. Our special Christmas service will be December the 18th, that's Sunday, and then our online Christmas service will be on Christmas on December 25th. It's called Home for the Holidays, and we want to partner with you in helping you create godly traditions in your home. So gather as a family, and you get to hear the, the story of Jesus, and uh, through a number of ways, Pastor Mark will be sharing a message, but we also have something for the kids, so please get your hot cocoa, your pajamas, whatever you need, some of that leftover meal, or, you know, the start of that meal, just gather together for Christmas. Are y'all ready to have a good service this morning? Good deal. Well, uh, I believe it's going to be a good day, and I just want to give you a quick missions update uh, for our students. For Speed the Light, that's our missions arm for the young students for 6th through 8th grade, and um, 
we set out a goal for the year of $50,000. It was actually set by one of our students, and uh, she said every one of our students could give $1,000. I was like, have you talked to your friends about that yet? And she said, uh, I believe we can do it, Pastor Will. And I just want to say, give you an update that uh, last Wednesday, we went, we, did, we went bowling. It was called Pins for Purpose, and we raised over $6,500 in one night. Can y'all give it up for these young people? So proud of y'all. And then Pastor Lindsay, my wife, she came out and she said, you know what, before we did this bowling thing, she said, I believe that they can raise 20000 in two months. So we did a challenge of envelopes, numbering them from one to 200, and most of those envelopes got taken. But I want to let you know right now, our goal, our, right, as of right now, we're sitting at a little, a little bit at $48,000. Can y'all give it up for these young people? So proud of them. But that came from your partnership. That came from people like you partnering with this generous generation. That's what we've labeled them as, as generous young people. So uh, as you feel led to give, as we get ready to give and worship this morning, I wanna encourage you to partner with these young people. And you'll see on the screen that there are five ways to give as we're getting ready to continue our worship. And I'm gonna ask you right now, if you don't mind, go ahead and stand in on your feet. Because giving is a part of worship. And at this moment, we're going to ask our elders if they don't mind going to their various stations of prayer. These are your elders. And the reason we always do this, the significant part of the service, is because we believe in healing. We want people to partner with you uh, to receive your healing, your, your answer to prayer. So some of our elders will be on, on my left, your right, at the exit sign. On, on this side is this side as well, and up in the balcony. And as I get ready to pray, if you feel like, Pastor Will, that's me. I know we're get, going into a moment of worship but you need a divine touch. You need supernatural healing right before we give. I want to ask you to please utilize those people. They want to pray with you. They want to believe uh, in faith with you. And I just ask if you are giving, if you have that ready or if you've already gave, I just ask that you put your hands out like this as a sign of surrender. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you as we get ready to go back into worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you so, so much for your people. Thank you for the generosity. Father, for those that need healing this morning, as we get ready to go back into worship, we're believing that you're going to supernaturally touch people, that miracles are going to take place before the message even starts. Because, Father, this, this is why we're here. We're here to glorify you. So bless those that are giving, and we give you praise as we continue our worship. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
He's our Savior, our miracle worker, our Redeemer, and we celebrate Jesus at Christmas. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you grab your copy of God's Word, and if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll be glad to get you one. We want God's promises in your hands, and if, uh, it, it, listen, friends, I want to let you know also that we have the notes online today as as we always do in the YouVersion app of the Bible. So if you want to follow along, you can do that. You just search under the events section, and then it says Dothan First, and then you click there, and it'll give you all the notes for today, and you can follow along. But can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. 
I can do what God's word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and say, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is. It is. And the reason that I know that is anytime I think about Christmas, I have to think about Michigan. And anytime I think about Michigan, I have to think about snow. And anytime I think about snow and Christmas, I have to think there's no way that Michigan is ranked number two this year in football. Anyway, I'm just saying I have to... <laughs> Uh, I had to find a way, Dad. I had to find a way. He's got his Michigan shirt on today, and he should. Oh, man. <laughs> you can turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 19, and I'm going to get there in just a few moments. But as you're turning there, I did hear a story one time about little Johnny. And, uh, man, he wanted a Nintendo Switch so bad for Christmas. And um, so he found out that his friends were writing letters to Santa Claus and he thought, you know, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to write a letter to Jesus. And so he took out a piece of paper and began writing, Dear Jesus. And he thought, what could I tell Jesus that I'll do in exchange for this gift that I'm hoping to get for Christmas? And, and so he wrote down first. He's like, thought for a minute. He's like, uh, Dear Jesus, I promise that I won't fight with my brother Johnny this whole rest of the year if you get me a Nintendo Switch. And then as soon as he thought about it, he's like, you know what? Johnny is a brat. <laughs> he is, uh, gets on my last nerve. He crumpled up the paper and threw it away. He's like, I'll never be able to keep that promise. Let's start over. So he got a new piece of paper, started over. Dear Jesus, I promise this year I will eat all my vegetables this year. And then he started to think about it. He's like, man, broccoli and asparagus and spinach. He's like, I'll never keep that promise. He crumples up the paper, throws it away, gets a, and he had a thought. Before he started writing, he, he had a, a thought. And so he went downstairs and he noticed a, the nativity scene there sitting on the mantle above the fireplace. And so he looked at that nativity scene and checked it out and found the little statue, the figurine of the little Virgin Mary there uh, beside this, this beautiful Bethlehem stable. And, and so he, he went ahead and took that, that little Virgin Mary statue, that little figurine, and, and he put, wrapped it up in, in a little paper towel and put it in a baggie and, and ran upstairs and put it in his closet in the very darkest back spot of the closet. And then he got out that piece of paper and he started writing again. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you will get me a Nintendo Switch. How many understand, as, as misguided as Johnny is, we often treat God like that when we want him to do something for us, Right? And the fact is that all of us want something this year for Christmas. Matter of fact, we not just want something like a gift from a friend or a family member, but we want something from Jesus this Christmas. As a matter of fact, we want presents. And that's why I titled this sermon series, I Want Presents for Christmas. <laughs> Because we can ask God all day long for certain gifts that will one day fade away, right? The things we ask for, will they'll rust, they'll decay, they'll break, they'll break down. Oftentimes, those tangible things that we ask for, we won't even remember five to ten years later. 
But friends, what we really need more than anything else is not presence T-S, but this Christmas we need presence C-E. We need the presence of Almighty God. We need the presence of Jesus in our lives. And we're going to talk today about trusting Christ at Christmas. And when I look at the storyline of Christmas, when Jesus was born at Christmas, it seemed that nobody expected it. It was like nobody made any plans for this most historic birthday that's ever been celebrated in human history. Think about it. The shepherds, it messed up their plans that night because they were looking for a quiet night with the sheep. It messed up King Herod's plans. He, he wanted to be the king of the Jews instead of Jesus. It messed up the religious leaders' plan. They were looking for a political Messiah to overthrow Rome because of Roman oppression. Matter of fact, it really messed up those religious leaders' plans when Jesus uh, grew and became uh, a grown man and began to teach because he taught things that were opposite of what they wanted. They wanted to overthrow Rome. He's saying stuff like, turn the other cheek and go the second mile and love your enemies. They didn't like that. Christmas messed up the innkeeper's plan. He didn't have any room in the inn, you remember. But it certainly, out of all the plans that seemed to get messed up, Mary and Joseph's plans really got messed up. Mary and Joseph were young teenagers in love and about ready to get married, right? And they wanted to have this nice little normal life where they get married and maybe, you know, later on they have children, little Mary and Joseph's running around the house. I mean, they wanted a normal life and God seemed to mess up all their plans when Mary had a visitation from an angel that said this, you're going to be pregnant. And just so you know, Joseph's not the father. Joseph, you are not the father. Oh, oh. You're laughing because you, you've been watching that show. I'm just saying. You just told on yourself. This miracle baby that would be born to this, in this virgin birth, this once-in-a-lifetime virgin birth, it messed up their plans. And Mary and Joseph had to trust God at Christmas. Let me ask you the question that I think probably all of you have had to deal with. Have you ever had to trust God when things didn't go your way, when your plans got all messed up? We all have had that. As a matter of fact, uh, I could tell you examples in my own life of times that I've had to trust God when things didn't work out the way that I thought that they should. And I would suggest that probably all of us in this room and those that are watching online, you probably had moments where all your plans got messed up even over the past few years. Matter of fact, I would suggest all of us in the last few years had some plans get messed up. And the point is that our plans don't always go our way, the way that we plan them. God's will is not always done on the earth. You do understand that, right? Matter of fact, that's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And in that prayer, he included, uh, thy will be done. Pray this way. Thy will be done. God, your will be done on earth as what? as it is in heaven. Why? Because God's will is always done in heaven, but on earth, we humans tend to mess all those things up. So there's a couple things that happen. We mess up our own plans sometimes by our own stupidity or our own bad decision-making, but then other people can mess up your plans because they're not acting according to God's will and word in, in, in a way that, that, would make, that would make God's will happen here. 
Matter of fact, God's will happens often when we're not talking about his, his sovereignty and power. When it comes to his will, oftentimes it's up to us as Christians, as believers to fulfill his plan on the earth. It's our responsibility, right? One of the things that we can do to function in God's plan and in God's will is to witness, to share our faith with others who don't know the good news of Jesus Christ. That would be God's will on the earth happening because of your obedience. So God's will often happens through believers, through Christians. But what about those moments, those times where God providentially, sovereignly changes your plans, changes your circumstances because he's got another plan in mind. And obviously, that's what happened 2,000 years ago at Christmas. So how do you trust God when he messes up your plans? Let me give you a couple of ways, especially when it's his way, his will, and this is something sovereign. Well, first, we've got to recognize that God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get my attention. When things don't go my way, maybe it's my fault, maybe it's somebody else's fault, or maybe God's just trying to get my attention to say, son, I've got something better in mind for you. Proverbs 19, I, I told you to turn there. Verse 21 here in the Old Testament says this, you can make many plans. Everybody say many plans. <laughs> but the Lord's purpose, everybody say the Lord's purpose. The Lord's purpose will prevail. In Mary and Joseph's case, the plan was so amazing, so unbelievable, that God was going to uh, use supernatural means to convince them of his will. And so an angel came to Mary and to Joseph at separate times and said, you're going to have a Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. God is coming in human form, and he's going to split history in between B.C. and A.D. God is going to split history, and he's using you, Mary and Joseph, to raise the Messiah. Now, I can honestly say I've never heard an angel speak, but I can also tell you that I've heard the Lord speak many times through his word, of course. That's the primary way we know God's will is through his word. But there are other times where I've sensed the Lord in impressions, moments where I sensed he was speaking to my spirit to do things that he was calling me to do. And, and of course, his will lines up with his word, and so it's very easy to align uh, to know if he's speaking or if it's just my own impression, just my own thoughts or ideas. But I can tell you, some people have asked, well, how do you know it's not the devil speaking to you? Well, if, there is, if, if, if you sense an impression that you're supposed to invite your uh, unsaved neighbor or friend to church so that they can hear the love of Jesus Christ, that ain't the devil. I'm just telling you. There's certain ways to test this. And I'll say it like this. When the devil gives you an impression or an idea, that's called temptation. When God gives you an impression or an idea, that's called inspiration. And you can know the difference. God inspires us all the time to do his will. Good ideas from God if you'll just listen to him. And the problem is, when it comes to listening to God, we all have a little bit of ADD, right? Attention deficit disorder. We, we tend often, when it comes to hearing the voice of God or listening to that impression in our spirit, maybe not audibly, but just that impression in our spirit, we often overlook it because we're so busy listening to everyone else and everything else other than God. 
We've not attuned our ear to his voice. And sometimes God's trying to rearrange our plans a little bit to try to get us to listen to him, to to hear his voice. And sometimes God can even speak through problems. How many know when everything's going good, sometimes we overlook God. But when problems come, we hit our knees in prayer. Now we're talking to God and we're really listening. I'm not saying God creates the problems, but he can use those problems to draw you closer to him so you can learn to trust him. Psalm 81, verse 13. I want you to look at this. It says, God says, I wish my people would listen to me. I wish my people would listen to me. How many parents have felt that way? I wish my kids would listen to me. How many spouses would say, I wish my spouse would listen to me. How many employees would say, I wish my employer would listen to me. God's trying to get your attention to say, friend, he wants you to listen. Open your ears at Christmas. Unclog your ears at Christmas. He's trying to get your attention. He wants to spare you from pain and problems and issues in life. We get ourselves into so much trouble because we don't listen to God. Proverbs 16, 25 says it like this. There's a path before each person, listen, that seems right. Everybody say seems right. But in the end, it leads to death. A lot of things can look good, but they end up going very badly. I've seen people try to claw their way up the corporate ladder, and they're fighting and clawing to get ahead, and they lose their family over it because they put their priority in in their final product there at work, but they missed out on the moments with family to how many of you know, they're, they're, I know people that have gone to the gym so much and they're constantly working on their outer self, but they're letting their inner self go bad. They're missing moments with God and they're, they're not taking time to pray, to seek his will, to know what the purpose was that, and the plan was for their lives that God's ordained. Internally, they're going haywire. And we've, had, we've all had these plans that we intended them to go well, but the problem is we don't know the future, but the thing is God does. And he can, he can see ahead of us. He, he can see the roadblocks. He can see the problems. He can see the detours that are coming. And if you'll just listen to him and follow his word, you will avoid a lot of pain in your life. The Bible says there's many times God says, if you do this, you'll be successful and satisfied and find meaning. But if you don't do this, he says, you'll find misery and guilt and resentment and worry and disappointment and broken dreams. How many of you know listening to God gives benefit? The greatest present you could receive is God's presence at Christmas. Let me tell you something. I know that some people think, well, I'll just give my, if I give my life to God, God's going to make me miserable. I'm not going to have no fun. He's going to, you know, make me do this and do that and do this and do that. Can I just tell you, God is not some cosmic cop up in heaven trying to keep you from having fun. I promise you. Listen, it's, it, it's out of his love, his strategic and divine and everlasting love that he coaxes you to get, him, to get you to listen to him. To, to try to get your attention. Can I just tell you, it's kind of like a mother who's got a young child watching a young child, and that young child keeps reaching up to try to touch the stove while she's cooking a meal. 
And that mother will keep telling that child, no, don't touch. The, the stove is hot. It's going to burn you. Does she say that because she's some sort of tyrant? No, she says it because she loves that kid. She doesn't want to see him hurt. And so it is with our God who loves you with an everlasting love. God's saying, I want you to pay attention so I can help you. The second thing you need to know when, you, when turbulence or trouble or trial starts to come your way and your plans get all messed up, you need to remember God has a better plan in mind than you do. Every person was made by God with a special purpose, a unique assignment. And you need to know your purpose, that divine design that you were uniquely made the fingerprints that I always talk about that no one else in human history will ever have except you. God made you for a strategic reason and you need to know what that strategic reason is. Jeremiah 29, 11, we know it, but I'm gonna give it to you in a little different uh, translation. It says, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I, I know in advance, I know. I have good plans for you. Let me just stop and say this. Some people think that the only time God intervenes is when God's got some bad thing. You think that God put sickness on you or God put sin in you. Friends, God is not the author of evil. <laughs> but this isn't heaven. We're living on earth, a sin-sick world. And, and so we, we become participants in the tragedies of earth. But one day there'll be eternal rewards. He says, I've got good plans for you. Plans not to hurt you. I'll give you a hope and a good future. Let me tell you some things about God's plan for your life. God's plan is always bigger than your plan. Mary and Joseph were willing to trust God even when it went way outside of their comfort zone. And God said to them, I want to work through you, Mary and Joseph, if you'll just trust me. And friends, I'm telling you, the same thing that he told Mary and Joseph, he's talking to you today, individually, strategically. He's trying to get your attention to say, if you'll just give your life to me, God says, I will do more with your life than you could ever dream. All the plans and all the goals that you've got set out for this new year, all your New Year's resolution pales in comparison to the beauty of the divine design that God's got laid out for you if you will choose to trust him. You just trust him. If you just say, God, do whatever you want to in my life, he'll do more than you ever dreamed. Now, sometimes God's plans are a little more challenging than we anticipated, right? We often choose the path of least resistance just to be comfortable. But friends, God is not interested in your, in your comfort. He's interested in your character, right? He wants you to grow up and mature and have character and integrity and take responsibility. And I've said this often. I preached it a number of uh, months ago that Romans 8, 28, we, we know that all that happens to us is working for our good. Listen, if we love God and are fitting into what? His plans. His plans. When Mary and Joseph said yes to God's plan, can I just tell you, it was not always easy. Friends, Mary being great with child. Now, I, I, I don't know. I know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like. Just saying. But when I watched my wife during those latter stages of pregnancy for all three of our kiddos, I can just tell you, she was uncomfortable, friends. I mean, she didn't like the smell of certain foods would set her off. 
And, 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 and I mean, the, the, the way that she would try to toss and turn to get comfortable to just get a good night's rest in those latter years. I can just tell you, even when we were driving in a car and we hit a little, uh, you know, pothole or something like that. I'm just telling you, she gave me a look at, like a, a sting of death look like I created that pothole. I'm just saying it created uncomfortability. I love you, baby. I know you didn't mean to. I, I would be the same way if I was had to carry something in my belly like that, tossing and turning and all that nonsense, throwing up all the time and that, oh man. Think about this. Mary had to travel, great with child, like a hundred miles, close to a hundred miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, now she's in this barnyard, this stable, and she's not with mom, she's not with grandma, She's not with any relatives who have had children before who know what it's like and can help her with the birth process. She's not in a hotel. She's not in a hospital. She's not at her house. She's in a barnyard with animals trying to find just something clean for her newborn baby to be placed in. Can I just tell you, that doesn't sound comfortable to me, friends. And sometimes God's plan is not comfortable for us. It's not always convenient, but it always reaps the return of maturity and growth and character. If we'll let it, if we'll allow it. God's plan is always bigger. It's often more challenging, but it's always more rewarding. It's always more re rewarding. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says it like this. No one has ever seen, heard, or even imagined what wonderful things God has ready for those who love him. Friends, when you cooperate with God's plan, can I just let you know, you will find what everyone is searching for. People think they're searching for, you know, uh, higher salaries or, or, or positions or, 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 you know, the, people think that if, if I just had fame, then I'd be happy. Can I just tell you, people are looking for two things. They're looking for significance and satisfaction. And God alone gives both. When you discover and follow God's plan for your life, you begin to realize, friends, this is what I was made for. This is what I was born for. When you begin, begin to submit your life to God's will and God's plan, you will find so much fulfillment and there is an eternal reward that comes with it. The problem is when we follow our own plans, what happens is we end up, it leads to fatigue and frustration and fear for the future. It gives you all kinds of nightmares and problems and pain. But when you follow his plan, he gives you significance and satisfaction God wants you to do three things on the earth. And I've talked about this a number of times over the past number of months because we talked about heaven and an eternal reward. But on this earth, while you've got uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years, however many years you're going to live, I'm telling you, God wants you to do three things. The first and foremost, he wants you to get to know him, not just know about him. He does not ha want to have a religion with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to get to know him. He knows you inside and out. He knew you before you were born. And he, he knows the plans that he has for you. But friends, you need to get to know him. The second thing that God wants you to do while you're on this earth is to discover and fulfill the purpose you were created for. My divine design is different than yours. 
Yes, he has a divine strategy for all of us, but there's a unique gift that God has. And, and I can just tell you to know that is the greatest joy of life. Not just to know that you're here on earth, but to know why you're here on earth. To find and fulfill that plan. And then God wants you then to build character and integrity. He wants you to steward your time and your talent and your treasure. And he's watching how you steward what you've been given. Can you imagine getting up to heaven and saying to God, God, hey, look, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. But I was, um, I was too busy to find and to fulfill the plan that you put me on the earth for. I know you gave me like 60, 70, 80 years on the earth to figure it out. But I'm sorry. I, out of those 80 years, I was too busy to take any time out of my busy schedule to actually do what you called me to do and to become who you called me to be. How many think God would be just thrilled with that answer? If you said, well, I, want, I, I knew you had your plans for me, but I had my plans for me, and my favorite song is I'm going to do it my way. Right? I wanted it my way. That, friends, there's eternal implications to that decision when you don't take the time, when you couldn't take the time to stop and figure out, God, why did you put me on the earth? Friends, that's why Christmas is so important. It gives you time to stop and to reflect and to slow down and say, God, you came to this earth to get to know me. Lord, I want to get to know you. Finally, when things are out of your control, you need to know that this is a time at Christmas to renew your trust in God. Friends, there's only one way to please God according to Hebrews chapter 11. It's very clear. He says over and over again, all those heroes of faith that he talks about, he says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. You know what that means? Trust Christ at Christmas. He wants you to trust God. He wants you to learn to trust him. And he's trying to teach you through this process of difficulty or struggle or trial. Can you imagine the faith that it took for Joseph to do what he had to do to listen to his fiance that came to him and said, honey, I'm pregnant. And by the way, it's not yours, it's God's. How many of you would believe that, right? That's why he was about to put her away privately. The Bible says he was about to call off the engagement. And God had to send an angel to him and say, trust me. Trust me. Can you imagine the faith that Mary had to walk in when she realized out of all the women in the entire world, God chose her to carry the Christ child and to raise the Lord. Think about that. God's plan was so different from their plan, but they had to trust him. Friends, what is God asking you to trust him with during this holiday season? I want to, I want to really ask you, what is he trusting you with? Is he trusting you with a family situation that seems out of control and He's trusting you to respond properly. He's trusting you to forgive, even though that person hasn't asked for forgiveness. We talk about peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's a, that's a great statement. Do you know where peace often comes from? It, it, it often begins when we make peace with others, where we stop holding grudges. We let down those vulnerability. In our vulnerability, we let down those walls, and we go, you know what? Life's too short. It's time to get things right. And more to the point, yeah, it's great when we think about peace with one another, but what about internal peace? Friends, you can only have peace, inner peace, when you have peace and make peace with God. And I know you've been through 
if you're anything like me and with our family, I know you've been through a lot during this last few years. I know you have. Some of you may feel very discouraged. You may be going through some discouragement. And that's, it's, that's actually typical during Christmas. Oftentimes between Thanksgiving and Christmas is where this rise of discouragement comes in and people start dealing with bouts of depression. It's very sad. It's often people get lonely during Christmas. And if you're dealing with loneliness this, this holiday season, I want you to know we're with you. We want to walk beside you in the journey. Some of you feel stressed out. You got to, all, all these gifts you got to get, all these decorations you have to put up, all the, the, the pressure that's being applied to, for you to have the holiday just right for all your family. And I can just tell you, I know what that stress can feel like at times. You feel overwhelmed and burdened by bills where you've already overspent on your credit card. and You don't know how you're going to take care of Christmas to get all those things. that You're overwhelmed, friends. I know what you're talking about. For some of you, this Christmas will be the first Christmas after the loss of a loved one. You'll be spending this Christmas holiday season with an empty chair around the table. I want you to know we're with you. We love you. We're praying for you. We want to walk beside you. You may be struggling with questions or concerns or heartache or heartbreak. And I want to reassure you that we love you and God loves you. Let me remind you a few things about God that we know. And the worship team, if you'll come as we close out. We need to know three things about God. Very simply and strategically, you need to know God loves you with an everlasting love. The next thing you need to know is that God will never leave you. He's always with you. He's always right beside you. He's as close as the mention of his name. And you can call out to him. You can cry out to him today. Out of your loneliness, out of your discouragement, out of your stress, out of your pressure, out of all those pains that you feel, you can cry out to God and say, God, I need you. God, I trust you. And you need to know God has a, still has a plan for your life. And you can trust that plan. What do you do when life doesn't make sense? You got to focus not on the problem, not on yourself, but on God. Here's what it says in Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me. Here it is. When you seek me, what? With all your heart. God wants you to be a seeker. The wise men, they were wise because they were seekers. Wise people still seek Jesus. (laughs) And if you want to be wise, you'll seek him. What are you searching for this Christmas? I know we joked about presents. <laughs> You're searching after the right gift, bargain buys, all that stuff. I get that. But I mean, really, in your heart, what's your heart searching for? This holiday season, this Christmas, what's your heart searching for? I want you to know you can find truly what you're looking for. You say, Mark, I just want to feel purpose. I just want to feel loved. I just want to have peace of mind. Can I tell you, you can search the whole world over and never find those three most valuable, most important human life desires. But you can find it in one person. His name is Jesus. He'll give you hope. He'll give you freedom. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you love everlasting, unconditional love. He'll give you peace of mind. Friends, we all know there is truly a God-shaped hole in our heart that only God can fill. And you will never feel that fulfillment until you trust Christ. 
I want to remind you that I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. You can't get to heaven by your good works. Your church attendance is wonderful and it's strategic and it's important and it's biblical, but that's not what gets you to heaven. You can't earn your way. You get it through trusting Christ. And I know there's people in all types of spiritual journeys that are watching me right now online and some that are right here in this room. I know there's believers in this room. You love Jesus with all your heart. You've served him. And because of that, your sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future sins. That you now have the power of God to handle the problems of daily life. God's empowered you by his Holy Spirit. And he's secured a place for you in heaven. You are waiting on a, a godly retirement package in heaven. Praise God for that. I love that. And thank God at Christmas that you're walking with him and you've trusted Christ. But there's another group that I know you may be a believer, but you've just, you, you kind of, you, you've been walking away from the Lord. You become too busy. You're not as close to God as you used to be, and there's a reason. It's not because God's moved, it's because you've moved. And God's trying to draw you back. He's trying to get you to know him like he knows you. He's trying to get him to love you, you to love him like he has loved you all of your life and even before you took your first breath. And there's another group, they're still seeking. You're a seeker. You've not yet come, become a believer. You're, you're just seeking. And I want you to know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching. That's good. You need to seek. The Bible says, seek and you'll find. You have to seek before you find. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to, to make a step of faith, to make a decision, to go from being a seeker to becoming a believer. Let me quickly give you the pathway to salvation. I'm going to read just point blank a few scriptures that will help you to give you a clear pathway. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and then he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. you got to be a believer. Mark 1.15 says, repent of your sins and believe the good news. So now that you've heard the good news that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross for your sins, rose again on the third day to give you new life, now you have to put your trust in him. And you have to recognize you're like the rest of us sinners that need to be saved. You've committed willful sins, that act of disobedience against God's plan and purpose for your life. You need a savior. Romans 10, 9, here's how you do that. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. What? You'll be saved. You needed a savior at Christmas. Romans 3, says it like this. We're made right with God. Here's how you're made right with God. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true, listen, of everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Other translations say who we are or what we've done, no matter what you've done, friends. doesn't matter how far you've strayed from your faith. Jesus is trying to bring you back. Finally, Romans 12, 2 says it like this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know. Everybody say learn to know. Friends, if you want to know God's will, you need to learn to know. And here's how you do it. To learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You do that first by trusting in him. He's trying to tell you, friends, 
He's calling you home at Christmas. And he's trying to tell you, son, daughter, at Christmas, it's time to trust. It's time to trust Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Lord Jesus, today in this room, I know that there are those that fit into those categories that I just mentioned those that know you, love you, trust you, and are following you, and are, are going after you with their whole heart, and they're, they're, they're finding and fulfilling their, their purpose in you, and thank God for that. But Lord, so many others of us have become busy with the things of this world and the challenges we faced, and we've got our focus and our attention off of you and onto other things. God, help us to draw our focus back to you. Forgive us when we've made these uh, decisions to put our faith in so many other things and we've forgotten to put our trust and our hope in you. Draw us back to you. And then, Lord, for those who are just seeking. And, Lord, thank God they're, seeker, they, they're seekers. But, Lord, I, I so desire and your desire is that they be, would become believers. And I pray in this moment right now with those watching online and those in the room that we would all become believers. We'd step across that line of faith and say, Lord, I trust you. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm gonna ask you if that's you that fits into one of those categories where you're saying, I, I'm, I'm farther away from God than, than I thought I would ever be. Or maybe you'd say, Mark, I've just been drifting I've been drifting from the Lord, but I desperately need to know that I'm close to God. I need to come back to him. I need to get close to him again. Or if you'd say, Mark, I've never known the Lord, but today I'm choosing to trust him. Whatever category you fit in, today is your opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. And this Christmas could be the best Christmas of all because you chose to put your trust in Christ at Christmas. If that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's staring, nobody's looking, this is your opportunity between you and God to make a willful choice to say yes to him. I'm inviting you to simply do this. In a moment, I'm gonna invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this closing prayer. And it's not my heart to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I wanna simply invite you into relationship with the only one who can give you peace of mind and heart. If that's you in this room right now on the count of three, just simply slip up your hand and say, Mark, that's me on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, all over this place, just lift up that hand. Yes, that's you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Three, four, five. God bless you. I'm just scanning the balcony and the main floor. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. About seven or eight hands so far. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's you today. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Those watching online, I'm inviting you as well to put your trust in Christ at Christmas. And whether you're here in the building or online, I'm going to invite all of us to pray a simple prayer together. And that prayer is, listen, it's not a formula, but it is biblical. I want you to turn your life over to the Lord to truly trust Him. Here's what I'd like us to do. Everyone in this room, I'd like you to pray this prayer out loud after me. And I want you to just repeat it, but I want you to mean it when you say it. Can you say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. 
I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up with us? Come on, can you celebrate the newest members of the family of God? Come on, let's celebrate and sing together. Let's worship. Come on, worship the King. over your situation can be the most powerful thing that you could do. I've been in situations where I don't know how to pray. How many have been there? You're like, Lord, I know that I'm supposed to pray. I just don't know how to pray. I don't know how this situation is going to resolve itself. Listen, sometimes speaking the most powerful name, the name that's above every other name, the Bible says that at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Speaking the name of Jesus over your situation can be the most strategic thing you can do. Why? Because you're saying, God, it's out of my control, but I'm giving you control. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to invite some of our leaders and some of our volunteers that help to greet. I'm going to invite them to go ahead and slip out at this time because they're going to be in the back to greet you on your way out. But also, I'm going to invite some of our pastors to head out because they're going to go out to the back and to the left. We got a special guest reception prepared for those that are our first time guests in the house. So those of you that are first time guests, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And if you'll do this favor, if you'll take that connect card that's there in the seat pocket in front of you, fill it out and then exchange it at that guest reception for a gift. We want to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. We'd be so honored to shake your hand and get to know you a little better. Thank you for being a part of the service today. And I pray this isn't the last time we get to see you. If you're not an out-of-town guest, we'd love to invite you to be a part of this fellowship. We'd be so honored to have you part of this church. We're like family around here. and We love hanging out with each other and doing life together. So after this service is complete, in just a moment, we'll dismiss. You'll head out to the back. And then right before you get to the exit doors, you'll turn to your left, you'll see a big sign that says guest reception. We'd be honored to greet you there. Well, listen, I want to release you with a blessing. Can you just kind of put your hands out like you're ready to receive a gift from the Lord today? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your hearts and declare you're my child. 
No one can take you from my hand. May you know the strategy of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And the strategy of God is that you would love others like he has loved you, that you would love God and love people, and that you would trust Christ at Christmas. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your spouse, to your kids, to your grandkids, your great-grandkids, to your co-workers, to your neighbors. I bless you to be a blessing to this city, this region, and this world. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did you get anything out of today? I pray you did. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you either this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.